The Layered Butter Podcast acknowledges the Mississaugas of the credit of the First Nation of the Anishinaabe people on the traditional territory that we are recording. Welcome back to another episode of Layered Butter, the podcast. I'm Rodrigo Cockton. I'm Jordan Sloggett. I'm Rafael Cordero. Hello. And this is a very special episode of Layered Butter. Layered Butter. But you will find out at the end of the yeah. episode. We're going to hold that surprise for now. Do we want to um, hold to the end? Or do, do you think that like if our guests listen? Just hold it to the end. Well, I, I feel like know. if we tell them the surprise now, I would probably not listen to the last of the episode. Damn, not this. It's okay. <laughs> that is my thought. But we'll see. Uh, how's it going, guys? How are you? How, how's, been, how's life? Life's been busy, man. But I mean... We're here. We're alive. We're breathing. There's a roof over our heads. It's a Christmas season. I do love the I minimum of when, <laughs> when people are like, how's it going? And like any variation of like surviving, living, still breathing, like it's a living is just like That's code for um, uh, <laughs> stop talking to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Is it not because I feel like if somebody said to me surviving like i would dig deeper and make sure that they're okay like if you t- if you wanted me to not continue it you should just be like fine you know what i mean oh, like you give me the the non yeah. so like how, so how the subtle, subtle call for help I, I so rod if i said uh, uh yeah i'm surviving what would be your response what, what would be your next question i'd be like what do you mean are you are you okay is there anything i can do to help you like let me know buddy okay all right yeah all right all right mm. I'm good. Thank you, though. That's, that's, an, that's an open offer to all the listeners. If there's anything Damn. I can do to help you, find me, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, why don't we kind of get started, I guess. Uh, housekeeping items. If uh, you placed any type of order during our Fan Expo sale or poster sales, you should have received a discount, uh, an email with a discount code in your inbox. The reason why we did that is because we had a lot of delays Damn. Um, poster tube shaped delays that potentially we may be able to discuss legally in the future, but right now we are not able to. Uh, anyways, you should have received a, a discount code and feel free to use that. It, I think like it expires after a certain amount of time just through Squarespace, but like we're not making it expire. It's just going to expire at some point. So I hope you do use that. We're in the, in the throes of planning the, the content for next year. There's a couple of really exciting things, so stay tuned for that. I'm yeah, excited. I think you will be excited, actually. I don't think you know what I'm talking about. I, I enjoy that you're vamping. I mean, Prusha told me, but... Oh, okay. Then then <laughs> never mind. But then you do. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Anyway, we'll take, we'll take I'm it off. I'm excited line. anyway, right? I, I yeah. should be hyping up the, the, the company anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Uh, we love our bootlickers here at Layered Butter. Damn. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think that's pretty much it. You can make sure to follow us always on layeredbutter.com to keep up with the updates. But uh, why don't we get started? Uh, I think we'll keep it nice and loose uh, this episode. So this will be a mix of the, the pre-show and the feature. It's kind of like when you arrive and you just catch the last trailer and then the movie's starting and you're kind of like unsure as to what's happening. That's the vibe for this episode. Um, let's kick off with the first story that you sent over, Mr. Rafael Cordero, about highbrow films aimed at winning Oscars are losing audiences. And this is, kind of goes back to something that we've talked a lot about during uh, our episodes and kind of like that disconnect between what is critically acclaimed and what an audience seems to be enjoying or wanting to support in theaters. 
Um, I think a good example of this was the Fablemans, right? That was basically yeah. a box office bomb. And it seems at least strongly contending for a Best Picture Oscar this year. Um, I think at some point it felt like a sure thing. Now it's like kind of like strong contender is where I would put it. So, yeah. So, like, well, what's happening? Um, you know, like, uh, are people just not looking for the type of content that critics are loving? I, I, I think it's a mix of things. Oh, okay, go ahead, buddy. <laughs> Talking all day. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Sorry. And if any listeners are wondering why Raf is like five times louder than usual, it's because he's holding his microphone. Not this. Like, Holy shit. Incredibly. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh my god. I'm so sorry. Okay. Um, okay. It's away. It's away. Uh, sorry, Raf. I was just gonna say that. Like, I guess in my opinion, it's that. Well, it's it's two things. One is that the pandemic and just state of the world in general people aren't really looking or i should say the vast majority of people aren't like let me go sit in a dark room and be like challenged by something for two hours or i would go through like you know ups and downs of feelings and stuff i think people are looking for movies for escapism um and that's kind of been an upward trend for a long time but like a real like escapism into just like away from the tragedy that they're feeling I don't know if something similar happened in other periods of human time. And I don't honestly think that things are that bad right now. I think social media and other things are just warping our perceptions, but besides the point, things do feel bad. Um, And I think people just don't want, like they don't want to go sit in in a theater and like, there's not that pull of like, come check out this bad time anymore. That and TV, TV has increasingly become the place for stories like that. So, you know, in the seventies and eighties, like it used to be TV was light and fluffy and funny and you'd go to the movies to like, you know, experience a real story. And now I think it's completely flipped where people dig into their hour long TV show once a week or they're watching many of them and that's where they're being challenged, whatnot. You could say if it's the qualities there, but. Yeah, I don't know. That's my take. Raph, what do you think? Um, I kind of agree. I feel like, uh, especially with the last two years with inflation, uh, people don't want to go out there and spend like 30 bucks for a movie, like 20 bucks each. I mean, 3D, uh, IMAX, the way these filmmakers have intended. Right. Um, I feel like it is, it's an expense that some families may not be interested in, especially now with the rise of digital media, the rise of streaming media, and the accessibility of watching films pretty fast. Don't get me wrong, too. Like, The Banshees of Inisherin came out a month ago, like mid-November, late October. It just came out on HBO Max, like, this week. So the turnaround time is two weeks. I Sorry, two weeks, two months. So it's pretty fast. Black Adam just came out, I think or it's coming out tomorrow. So um, a lot of these films, a lot of people don't need to be the first ones to go see it because they'll end up watching it anyway because it's convenient for them and from the comfort for their home home. I mean, and some people's films, like, TVs are that much better, right? Like the difference yeah, between yeah, the movie theater and their TV isn't like as big sure. as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I also have to wonder, like, are there are changing jobs some like part of this? Like, I feel like, People used to finish work and then, you know, unless you were like in a rare job where you were on call or something like that. Sure. Um, but nowadays I feel like people like 
maybe this is just where I work and what I do, but like people sit with their laptop, like in the evening, half doing more work. And the idea of like, oh, we're just going to escape to go to the movie. Don't know if it's like as appealing. I absolutely hate that for you, Jordan. I feel like you need to grab that laptop and throw it <laughs> into the bottom of like some hidden drawer as soon as it hits 5 p.m. That is the life that I wish for you. Uh, I don't know. I think just to approach it from another angle, like one thing that I wonder is also like, it w- unfortunately, the reality of, of the world is such that all of us, whether or not we are from the USA, have to pay attention to American politics. And there's like a phenomenon right now where Everything is incredibly tribal, right? You are like either on this side or you're on this side and there is like no middle ground, no room for middle ground. Now, I'm not trying to like both sides of this issue, but I feel like something similar is happening in movie theaters where it's like, if you like Marvel movies, you are ostracized from like cinephile community. And then if you're like part of the cinephile community, like it, you hate absolutely every Marvel movie, right? And so it's like all these people that enjoy Marvel movies, I think they're getting like the door shut in their face to anything else. Right. And part of it is just kind of like digging their heels in and taking offense to the fact that some guy, you know, let's call him David Ehrlich uh, doesn't like doesn't like their Marvel movie. And so like, fine, what movie did you like? Tar? Fuck Tar. Right. You know, like that kind of thing. And it's like, I think just the rhetoric is super toxic and there isn't like. I think that like the best way to approach it would be like, hey, you really liked Doctor Strange. I think you're going to love everything everywhere all at once. Right. Or why don't you check out this other work by Sam Raimi or I don't know, like things like that. But it's like it's basically like if you again going by social media, which is like the most toxic of the toxic discourse. But. It's like there, there's no middle ground anymore. There's no room for people that enjoy like a blockbuster and like a critically acclaimed film there's just like no intersect no space for that intersection and i think that's what the box office is kind of showing too right like it's you know uh the people that have been insulted all day for liking um, i don't know black adam like they're they're not going to be keen on listening to them these same people that insult them when they tell them to go watch the fablemans right like i I just (laughs) feel like that may be also part of it i don't know that it's like a major part but i do think that it's like it's it's just become like two different worlds and they're they're slowly disconnecting i think I think that's kind of fair. I mean, in in some cases, we are just talking about the the vocal film. Uh, you know, like you said, it crowd. is true that film crowd and the film crowd might be split into the people who like the big blockbuster type stuff and the people who shy away from that. But the silent majority are the people who don't ever talk about movies. Oh, it's like aside from like, hey, I saw this movie. You should see this movie. But like, they're the ones who are not going to the movies, right? They're the ones like, who used the casuals yeah, that like the true right. I, I think casual, the silent casual. majority i think the silent majority are the majority agree but i do think that you need like the the vocal spearheading cinephile in the group to be like let's go watch tar right like i think I, I, unless you're like a a 70 year old uh like old elder person that's walking into a theater on like a tuesday morning and it's like what's playing and you know legitimately <laughs> for like which happens right but it's like like, yes, otherwise, how how do you end up going to watch kind of like these smaller, like that have not been promoted as strongly and that perhaps you don't know exactly what they're about, right? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I think you do need to find like these Twitter people to be like, let me take my group of 12 and go watch, I don't know, Triangle of Sadness, right? Like, uh, hey. otherwise, how does that happen? Yeah, good point. 
I mean, I, I just feel like, especially these days, some of these films are, I mean, still, when we're talking about highbrow films and um, uh, when I mean highbrow, like Oscar films, uh, The Whale uh, just opened up in uh, limited release in New York and LA. And it is the, it's like the, the biggest film to come out um, in a limited release and the amount of screens that they have. Um, this year, I think it beat out everything everywhere all at once. Right. Um, uh, but so there is a crowd for it, but once they expand that film into 700 theaters, a thousand theaters, right. It it wouldn't be able to sustain that. No way. No way. Right. It's not, it's not a good investment. Um, but, uh, I, you know, you hope that some of these, uh, films are seen by the regular crowd because, they are great films. They might not be as marketable, right? And this doesn't have to be for the whale. This could be like everything, everywhere, all at once. This could be the Fablemans. This could be Banshees of Inisherin or Triangle of Sadness. Um, um, even Babylon. I mean, Babylon's a three-hour period piece, right? And I feel like that itself is not going to bring everyone into the theater, right? And I think a lot of people will be like, oh, Brad Pitt's in this movie, Margot Robbie? I can wait. <laughs> Unfortunately. Right. I mean, it's not like a first day midnight, sh- midnight show, large popcorn, large drink, Avatar, 4, 4D, AVX kind of thing. I guess I, right? I'd want to know, like, is the movie still a cool thing for teenagers to do on a Friday Yo, night? Yes. I mean, I think so. But I mean, what are you basing that off of? Do you talk to teenagers? Yeah, tell no, us all about like, your... I, I feel... <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I think that, um, like if you think about the teens and what they do today, I mean, mind you, uh, I work in schools, so I have an idea. These kids are going to be like, where do you want to do? What do you want to do? I, I can't drive. I can't do anything. Let's go to the mall. So they're going to chill at the mall. They're going to be like, what do let's go to the movies, right? <laughs> this, this movie's out. This is out. Right. I mean, I, t- and, I too uh, was a teenager, so I understand where you're coming from there, but like the numbers aren't like backing that. No, they're not Jordan, there. W- when you were a teenager, would you go into a movie theater and watch whatever the equivalent of the Fablemans or Tar was, or no, were you looking no. for, right? Like the fast and the furious, I guess, or like scream or uh, I don't know how old you are. Citizen Kane, you know, like maybe whatever was in theaters when you were young. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that's, uh, sorry, was that question for Raph? Especially, or? No, it was for you, Joe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. no. Um, you're right. <laughs> I wasn't seeing those sorts of movies when I was a teenager. Um, and I know that this has been a, a long, like, you know, it's not the 70s and 80s and even the 90s anymore where these, like, adult, like, aimed at adult movies could expect to do well. Um, but it does seem like there's been an even more of a drop-off. Like, the only thing that's making its money back in the theaters now are like the odd horror movie that goes big largely probably because of teenagers. And that spends like $10 million yeah, to make. Exactly. So it's cheap. Yeah. And then it makes its money back. Jason Bloom. And for right. every one of those yeah. that actually works, there's like 20 that you don't really hear about and fades away. Um, mm. But I, I think, yeah, the big things are just like, if people do care and they are going to watch it, then they can see it when they get, when it comes to their TV a month later, if that, like even that, the Banshees of whatever movie. Um, yeah, sorry, the Banshees of Inisherin. I didn't know that was already streaming, and now that I know that, like, am I gonna go spend twenty bucks to go see it? Probably more when it's a whole night out, or I can stream it for free on Disney Plus here in Canada. Uh, so yeah, Damn. like, 
do you guys think that there is that maybe I guess it's just for like our crowd. Um, but do you think it's, it's still cool for people to be like, I watch this movie first, you know, I watch it in advance or I watch a first day midnight show. It was never, you know cool. what I mean? That was I never- mean, yeah, was, I, I never found it cool. I think I used to do it because like my friends would do it and I would want to watch them. But what, when I've be, like, now that I'm older, I'm like, What's I do point? not want to be surrounded by people. Let me watch this day four, like on a Monday. <laughs> at, December 22nd. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like my, my thing with Avatar was like, cross off that first week. I'm not going. Second week, like, let's talk about like when we want to see this. And we decided Thursday because it's not the weekend. You know what I mean? Like this is, this is like my vibe now that I'm older. Like not because I think it's cooler or uncool. Just like, I don't know, like I can people. afford to not have to go in a crowded situation. Do you think, though, that also kind of cheapens the experience of watching a film, let's just say at a dead theater, you know, like it's funny because um, uh, my wife's um, colleague was saying that she watched Banshees the other day at home and she said, oh, it's good. But I've watched it and a lot of that film does really well in a theater. I feel like watching it with a crowd will make the film better and the experience of the film better because of you know, laughing together, experiencing something together, like Avatar in a crowd with a crowd would be amazing. Parasite is amazing. I mean, it's no secret that everything with a crowd is better from movies, music, sex, like everything true in a crowd. And it's probably better. And like the feedback you get for sex is great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like, yeah, comedies are funnier. Action movies are more intense. Like, just being but then what it, what is the real value of these things the value like is it added fake value because you're seeing it in a crowd or are you losing value when you see it alone like what is its real inherent value it's kind of like if a tree falls in the woods movies you know, are kind of experience it, it's a shared experience yeah that you should like um you know revel in right that's the way i, I like there it. is value in its base form of watching a movie say if you were just going to mm-hmm. watch a movie at home like if you could just put yourself in a sensory deprivation tank and just alone watch a movie, that's fine. And there are some movies that can do that. And then there are other movies that like, I don't know, like are Christmas movies more fun if you watch them in a room with a Christmas tree up and like you're making yes. a gingerbread house or something like that's going to increase yeah. the experience. Is it like same thing with horror movies? Is it like if it's outside, like if it's a bright, sunny, sunny, like Saturday afternoon, that's probably going to like limit the enjoyment because the like, the experience around it is, I love it. Is, yes. is altering the mood. So yeah. Damn. Not the vibe, not the vibe, man. Speaking anyway. of bad vibes, uh, a kind of upsetting story from our streaming friends at HBO max. Yo, what the fuck? Okay. Keep going. That they have, <laughs> uh, decided to cancel Westworld first. And then shortly after, they have decided to fully delete Westworld from their streaming library so as to not pay residuals to actors and crew and so on. You will no longer be able to watch Westworld anywhere legally, unless I guess you own physical media. I think Shout you can also buy media. the season still, right? Like you could buy the season yeah. on well, iTunes. I guess, but you can't, you can't like stream it on a service, I yeah. guess, is where they're going with that. So I, I do want to say for all our listeners, I was given this story by Rodrigo at like 6 a.m. on like a Monday. Oh, yeah. And I have never woken up so fast. <laughs> I went on a rant. And you know what? I, it's upsetting because I find it to be insulting to a lot of the creatives, the cast and the crew 
Um, fine, it could be a money thing because obviously with what's going on with Warner right now when they killed uh, Batgirl and they also knocked out a couple of their other shows. Scooby-Doo, I think. Scooby-Doo, right? Um, and they also cut uh, The Nevers and... Fuck, there was The Always. One. Minx. Minx. What? what? Okay. He said The Nevers and The Always. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, um, um, what's it called? Yeah, it's upsetting because these I, Westworld was pri- primed to be, or at least in HBO size, trying to be the next Game of Thrones. They wanted it to be its new um, resurgence after Game of Thrones ended. Um, and it had a really su- successful first two seasons, and it started yeah. potatoing. And fine, it fell off the map. Fine, that's okay. But it's still. Like it, it has its place in pop culture, right? Um, mm-hmm. It has its place in uh, in uh, TV history. There's a ton of award nominations. Um, Anthony Hopkins has a big cast, and then they're just cutting it off the map. And you know, I don't know if there's hope for HBO right now with what's going on. It is not. It's not looking great for a lot of creatives. So, so have you heard of a big creative that got signed to HBO recently? No, no, you haven't. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, uh, and uh, I guess another gentle reminder for Raf to um, hold the microphone slightly further away from him. But in any case, I was going to say that, like, what is the, like, what? Okay, is this true in Canada as well? We don't have HBO Max here. We have HBO, we have Crave TV. That Crave. Crave. So is, is Westworld being removed from Crave as well? Or, like, oh, I have no idea. And yeah, I don't I did, know. Actually. I did read something that um, some of HBO shows that were on HBO Max that are being unplugged are being sold or resold to other companies. Like, uh, I think uh, I, I don't even want to quote because I don't even know. But it's like one of those free to watch uh, channels, but you have a ton of ads, um, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Which is like the worst um, experience so for an HBO you show. You might see Westworld. Because like they wasn't built around ads. Right. It's like. There's no ads. Oh my God. I, I'm no, I mean, this is not a fun story. And I think it's upsetting. Um, a, not because I love HBO, but it's also, if you were Jonathan Nolan and Lisa joy or any other showrunner that gets unplugged completely and we're nowhere to watch. And it's not like you're a no name show. It's not like you're, I don't want to name any other show, but I mean, you guys were, they were a thing. Right. So I, I don't know that I would care, to be honest. Oh, my God. OK, whatever. <laughs> I Does think it, it sets a precedent, though, for a future potential. No, um, I, I think it's dark. I'm just saying, like, as a show creator, like if I if I had made that show, like my perception of like my product would be the product that I made. And then if it gets like, you know, a, like things after, like that's kind of like. I don't know, a different perspective. I think I care more as a viewer that it is gone than I think I would as a creator that it is gone. Because you already got paid. Not that I paid, but it's like I created, like I probably have like master files that I can always go back and look at, right? Like my final product is out there. After that, I can't really control what the world does with it. I guess it's the idea that like, will new viewers ever be able to cover your show right right? like yes like reruns was a huge thing like i discovered so many tv shows throughout my life because of reruns on cable tv and then when streaming Mm -hmm. because it became a thing i could same thing get into shows like and i guess the whole internet in general like torrenting and and things like that you can you can discover shows and torrenting i guess we'll find it 
yeah. that'll always be a thing, but it, it, yeah. it's, it's almost like the internet is, we got so used to this period of streaming, this like 10 years of the golden age between, is it less than 10 years? I don't know. 2011 to 2012, 2021. And now so many of these streaming things are like, everyone has different things, like different streaming networks that they subscribe to. There's a lot. Yeah. And like now we're seeing like I mean, things I, actually dropping off from them. So like we think of like, oh, Stranger Things always be on Netflix. That's probably be true as long as Netflix is a thing, but that's not. You know, a couple of weeks ago in one of our podcasts, I talked about Lily Hammer disappearing mm-hmm. off of um, uh, Netflix. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I can't believe it's getting to a point where an HBO, HBO proper, not HBO Max, HBO proper is disappearing. Like, that's wild. Why would anyone invest in HBO Max if they can't even see any of their original content? Like, that's fucking crazy to me. Yeah, but also it's like, this is a thing that was happening when Netflix was going through their rough period where people were like, oh, uh-oh, Netflix, like, you're going to lose your crown. Like, I don't know why anybody assumed that any issue that Netflix was having was not going to then continue on to every other lesser streaming service in terms of, like, subscribers. Like, everything that they've encountered, whether it be, like, having to cancel projects, having to like not pay for things like ads uh ad versions of netflix that they're trying out like disney plus is doing that too now like every single uh i guess problem that netflix has encountered has like waterfall down to every other streaming service <sighs> sorry sorry <laughs> i i wonder uh, if um like will we see these like will we see uh some sort of physical media coming back in and whether or not it's physical or if it's just like some sort of format, like people get into buying things, you can still buy things on iTunes Play Store. You're still locked into those ecosystems. Mm-hmm. But I think you could still lose it too. Yeah, you can, but you can you lose don't anything buy physical. at some point, right? Like, right. I don't think any of the, the formats of optical discs that we have are even as stable as like a vinyl record. Like, I don't think DVDs and Blu-rays are going to last more than 50 years. Like, because the actual discs, degrade faster than the vinyl actually just hard code, like not hard coded, but you know, there's no digital aspect to it. Um, So yeah, it's interesting. No, it's fucked Jordan. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I I feel very passionately about and interest. Anything that's it's sure. I get it, but it's still stupid. Maybe all the streamers will die. Warner brothers is going through. Sorry, go ahead, Rod. Not this. No, sorry. Please finish your. I was moving on. To oh, I was going to say so maybe all the streaming platforms will slowly die, and people will like emerge from their houses and have to go back to the cinema, and all the main cinema, like, and then there'll all these be these like pop up cinemas that'll happen. The people who have been hoarding like Plex servers and stuff will be like, come to my backyard and watch <laughs> the movies at my house. It'll be a golden age of sharing. I think. The only reason why I can't envision uh, that happening is just because I think people like choice. And, you know, when you go to a th- movie theater, you have like 12 options, maybe in a yeah. big theater. And um, when you are on any type of streaming service, whether even if it's just your TV, you have like it, it feels like an infinite amount. And I think like that even makes it harder to pick something. But I think people just like have a comfort of knowing that there is like 100,000 things that they can watch on a streaming service. Yeah. Just... Uh... Jump on Rodrigo's Plex server. Yeah. Yeah. Rod, do you want to make your Plex <laughs> server link? Everywhere. All, at once. To all of our listeners. 
Yeah, if you're uh, a Little Butter patron, you can find it on our Patreon.com. Hey, look at that. Um, yeah, I actually purchased uh, Everything Everywhere all at once today because I was like, if <laughs> if for whatever reason my Plex server ever went down, I want to always be able to watch this movie. So I bought it in 4K. I don't think I even have a TV. I don't know. Does my TV play 4K? I don't know. But I bought it in 4K because it said there, like, it will adjust to whatever definition you need it to. Bought it but obviously what? the Hi-Tons highest being or? 4K. I went to, like, the Google Play yeah. service or whatever, like, the the little, and then so I can own that. And then uh, Raph was saying, like, what happens when they delete it from the cloud? And I was like, oh, shit, maybe I should pre-order, like, a Blu-ray or something. Damn. Like, order a Blu-ray or something to also have. I think you should also, also order have. the film stock. You gotta um, go old school. If it's the clouds down, then you're not gonna be able <laughs> yeah, to play a Blu-ray. I need film reel. And, like, you need a crank, projector. like, a hand crank projector, and yeah. then you can just, like, I don't know, <laughs> do something for the sound, get, like, a For vinyl. those who don't know, Rod... Rod's favorite film is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, buddy, uh, this is kind of a leeway here, but you should like tweet to the Daniels or you should like write a letter. I feel like this movie impacted you. <laughs> I think it impacted so many people that I, I'm not alone there, uh, but maybe you should. You should. I do like the idea of writing them a letter because <laughs> anyway, yeah. I'm sure Digress. they get much fewer letters than they do like you know, ads like in their Twitter inbox. I think you'll get a response. I think totally that you'll get Apparently, a response. Apparently I forget who, um, what I saw this on, but there's a list of celebrities that if you reach out with a physical letter to them, they will just mail you back. Uh, like the ones who are almost guaranteed to mail you back. Um, like a signed, uh, I know the white house yeah. does. And how do we know that that's them and not like their agent signing well, up to them? I guess you don't. You don't, but that's the magic of it. That's kind of true of a lot Damn. of signatures, right? I, I would assume like, a lot of them, they they just sit down and sign like a stack of a hundred of them every once in a while. And then when they say like, mm-hmm. hey, you got to sign more. Do that. Our stack is running low. The cup overfloweth. Um, guys, moving on, I guess, from one Warner Brothers to another Warner Brothers. Raph, I mostly want to just hear you talk about your thoughts oh, on this. Here we fucking go. Sorry. The- the DC universe has had uh, oh, not the some, some some news here. Uh, it seems like a continuation of the what is it? Zaslav is that his name? Zaslav. It's it's a it's a massacre that Zaslav yeah. is. Uh, so tell us know. about it. Uh, where like I guess first of all, have they said? I think they're not touching the Batman, right? Like we're still yes. in safe uh, Matt I Reeves think, territory. Yeah, I think the Hollywood Reporter or Variety put out a piece. Uh, that all started with uh, Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman being removed or not moving forward. From right. The I think DC after universe. she had sent over a Wikipedia, a link to a Wikipedia article on that's character wild. arc to that, one of the executives, buddy. But um, in that in that article, it also started talking about um, what the future may be for DCEU, and a lot of it was. Um, What's it called? Um, if Batman, if Robert Pattinson was gonna join the main universe, it, what's what's going on with Ezra Miller? Um, uh, is Mira still in uh, uh, Aquaman two, et cetera, stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out, and the good thing is, uh, James Gunn is pretty vocal on Twitter. Yeah, he's um, um, uh, he, he interacts with fans a lot, and he came out and he said, "There's a lot of wrong, and there's a lot of right, and there's a lot of I don't knows." Um, with that article, he did state that Batman will be its its own entity. Matt Reeves has come out and said, "100, percent it is its own entity." So I don't think we're going to see Pattinson in the main block of, uh, I guess, the new the new age of heroes, because it seems to me 
uh, for those who didn't see Black Adam, like me, I haven't seen Black Adam, but I know uh, Batman shows up. Uh, Batman, oh my God. Henry Cavill shows up at the end of post credit scene and The Rock was hyping it up big time. He was like, yeah, this is, this is what I was The hierarchy has for. changed. Right, and he was really saying that he wouldn't have done Black Adam if um, Henry was not there or he would didn't fight Superman, which is kind of weird because isn't Superman or isn't Black Adam's main enemy Shazam? Anyway, yeah. and he was um, offered a cameo in the Shazam 2 movie. And he, and he said was, no. no. That is mm. <laughs> anyway. Um, um, so the rock, uh, the rock had that plan. He brought Henry back to a lot of fans. That's like, you know, the rock saved the DC universe, but now look at James Gunn says, Henry, sorry, bud, we're going to do Superman, but it's going to be a younger Superman. It's not going to be you. Henry comes out and says, this is sad, but the, such is life. The rock has not put out anything yet. And by the time this pod comes out, I don't know if he does. He has not said anything, and I'm kind of surprised. I um, think if you were also suggesting that either him or somebody had done something fraudulent by yes. leaking fake numbers about his movie to pretend it was success. profitable. Yes, yeah, 100%. Um, people were saying that, um, what's it called? I think a report came out. I don't know how legitimate this report is, that the numbers are shoddy, and they don't look that legitimate in terms of um, how successful Black Adam is or was. Um, and The Rock was like, Ooh. you know, he tweets, he's like, we have a profit. This is going to be great. I'm so excited. Like, come on, man. Like, everything that you're doing just looks like a horrible, like, sad salesman kind of thing. So, I don't know. Uh, I don't think The Rock saved the DCU. I don't know if James Gunn... Uh, I, I mean, it's interesting because he is a really powerful creative, and I think that uh, him being the top of... DC universe is interesting and I just think it's going to be a full yeah, reboot. I don't think there, I don't mm-hmm. think that's we're my thought. Get. There is no going to, there is no, the current state of the DCU is going to be completely flushed and they're not going to keep anything existing. Um, that would be my guess. Cause what has like of the current state of the DCU, like what has actually been successful that they could move forward with man of steel was kind of it. And I don't know if that's going to survive, mm-hmm. like what happened to Batman v Superman and all that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but it's also like, if you relaunch, how do you not have some type of Batman or start working towards having a Batman? And then like, how do you do two Batman? I don't it does believe seem like, them when they say it's okay, going to be. I think Robert Pattinson is going to get a second movie and it's not going to be impacted, but I can't imagine that he will get a third. I don't. I, I almost don't believe them when they say that it's not connected. Like it's only not connected until they, until they, until they connect real, it. Like you know, back the dump truck of money to Robert Pattinson. Say, be in the Super Friends movie or the Justice League of America movie or whatever it's called. Um, I don't. Yeah, That's Raph for saying that. Like, will they? For what I'm saying that they're going to reboot the like whole how- the current state of the Batman will move forward. But if the second movie of the Batman, like I think they'll do a second one that will also be unconnected, disconnected. But then if that is also successful, they're going to, they're going to just bridge that together with their. Don't f- no. Well, cause uh, what I was saying is like, how do you start building towards a DC universe without a Batman? There's going to be a new see- Batman. There's going to be, there's gonna be two parallel Batmans. I don't think sure. that that's going to happen. Why? I mean, look at Joker. There's going to be Joaquin's Joker and there's a Joker in Matt yeah, Reeves' universe. 
There's going to be a main Joker that in the main That works for line. some people, but there's a reason why Marvel didn't touch that sort of thing, right? Like, they, it gets very confusing. Yeah. Marvel it's going to confuse people. It's going to confuse the masses. Joker was at least, like, a period piece. So you could say, like, okay, yeah, this is the 70s. It's not going to be connected to the Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and they could still do some sort of surprise, like, oh, actually, it is somehow connected to the, the Batman. I don't know how they would do that, because they did have Thomas both. Yeah. I don't know. It's a hodgepodge mess. I'm ex- I just think anything that's happening at, <laughs> at Warner Brothers is fucked. I mean, I'm optimistic. Who knows what it's going to look like? I am excited for a new potential. Is, uh, are you expressing your anger by eating your microphone or is there any chance that you Damn, can? I'm so sorry, that? guys. I, listen, listeners, um, I have no available I mean, desk. So I'm holding the real person today. we should sympathize for uh, is future disaster. Rod, who is editing this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just going to edit him out. It's just going to be me and Jordan. Just erase me. Just erase a lot me. of like us agreeing like with no future. one. Like you went back and you stopped your dad from meeting your mom. <laughs> Uh, okay, so just first off, I just <laughs> want to end that by saying I am the only thing that excites me about all this DCEU stuff is I hope they do a new Superman that they're not doing the mistake they did with the last Man of Steel, like with Man of Steel, which what was the mistake? The mistake was like, oh, dour Zack Snyder, everything's so serious, Superman is so serious, mm-hmm. like Superman can't smile, sure. Superman doesn't can't save people, like, and I hope they just do a like they lean into the fun of Superman in the same way that the Batman leaned into dark, gritty Batman, like do the exact opposite of like bright, sunshiny Superman. And then DC's whole thing can be what they've kind of been doing, which is all of our movies feel different. We're not, we're not like Marvel where everything has the same quippy, like lighthearted and like mostly kind of fun attitude and they'll do. But do you get that by bringing in the Marvel person that? No. Well, I mean, at least James Gunn, like, I would say that the Guardians movies did feel, they felt different. Well, no, they felt different from the rest of Marvel. And we kind of forget this because they were so popular that all of Marvel afterwards just sort of resembled like, like Guardians 2 still felt like Guardians 1, but every other Marvel movie felt more like a Guardians movie because of how successful that was. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Yeah. Because I would say, like, my one complaint about James Gunn is that I find that Suicide Squad feels exactly like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Still have to watch that. That's a James Gunn movie. Like, you know a James Gunn film. Mm-hmm. Like, Peacemaker? Same thing. It's like, I've not it's seen quirkiness. Peacemaker. Damn. It's got a wicked uh, opening sequence. Maybe they can bring anyway. Ryan Reynolds back as the Green Lantern. That guy's not working, right? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> So what do you guys want to talk about? Oh, wait, Golden Globes. The Sorry, Golden Globes. I, keep yell- I keep yelling. Oh, my it's God. It's into the microphone, too. Um, oh, yeah, Golden shit. Globes. Walk us through it, uh, Raph. First of all, what are the Golden Globes? Okay, you know what? Golden Globes and uh, the Critics' Choice Awards were announced this week, um, which are kind of the early indicators. And then we're going to get SAG Awards and Oscars and whatnot down the line. BAFTAs, too. Those are kind of the big ones. Um I mean, Golden Globes, are they still relevant? Who knows? I mean, I'm just like an awards guy, so I'll follow some of the big leagues. Did did you just uh, ask if the Golden Globes are still irrelevant? Because the answer is yes. But no, I know know you said, are they still relevant? I mean, mean, to you. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) 
Okay, baby. No, true, you know. For you. <laughs> anyway. Um, the way uh, you can bait Raph so easily into doing a Bane voice at any given <laughs> time. Yes. <laughs> no. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, Golden Globes nominated Brendan Fraser. For those who don't know, the HF uh, Hollywood Foreign Press, Press Association um, president at the time, I think Philip Burke. I'm not sure if it was him, mm-hmm. but uh, he had a he had a, a little uh, grab with uh, Mr. Frazier and Frazier spoke out against it. And he was apparently blacklisted from a lot of films or his career took a nosedive at that point. Um, this was like after the mummy movies. So he wasn't really appearing anywhere, um, but he was nominated best actor uh, in the drama. Um, for what? And for what else, buddy? The mummy. Oh, this year. I thought you were talking about like still when he was blacklisted. No, 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 yeah. no. No. Um, no, he was nominated for the whale, uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, one of the best performance of the year. Um, I think his big one, his big competition for best actor this year is going to be Colin Farrell. I think right. Colin, I feel like is um, you're going to reward the guy for his um, body of work. Right. Um, and I think Brendan has a comeback story. Right. So. So neither um, of them are being uh, rewarded for their performance. No, I, I uh, they're both equally amazing performances. I think Frazier has a, a performance that is more profound and much more um emotionally resonant and Colin Farrell his comedic chops are amazing right um but he has some great moments in Banshees of um in a Sharon um mm-hmm. what's it called for best picture buddy everything everywhere all at once is getting a lot more traction i feel like it's it may be going the route of like parasite where the passion is really strong behind it and it's it i i in my brain, I'm like, no, it's got to be the Fablemans or it's got to be Banshees because those are more industry accessible, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, films to award. But uh, one of the most nominated films this year is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Right. So kudos to you, it, bud. But Jamie Lee Curtis getting in over Stephanie's you. I don't know. I don't know. Bud. Not about that life. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't no, I don't like it. I mean, Jamie Lee's great in the film, but Steph, 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 <laughs> Steph um, Stephanie had like four different roles, versions of her character. Right. Jordan, you've seen it. Have you not? Yeah, we've of talked course. about. Um, yeah, I we have, I'm we excited have. for it to okay, do good. like for it to do well and even for it to be nominated. It, I wouldn't even care if not that I wouldn't care. I would be happy if it won because it seems like. It's meant more to more people than a lot of other movies that are in the in the running for it, right? And I think I could see the Academy from what little I know about the Oscars. They know that people are fading out from caring. And I think a not that it was like a populist pick, it's not like Top Gun or, or something like that, but is there no, any chance of Top Gun Top being Gun. nominated for for best picture? 100%. It's going to be the blockbuster. Either it's one of the best performing films of the year. Tom Cruise is a beast at producing. He is definitely, I mean, if he doesn't get the fifth slot in best actor, um, it might go to Paul Meskel or Bill Nye. But um, Tom and, and Top Gun will definitely be nominated, right? Um, and I think it's going to be Top Gun and Avatar as the two blockbusters this year. 
Yeah, I guess we'll nominated. we'll see what happens when Avatar releases wide. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm positive that Top Gun is gonna get the best picture nomination, but will it win? I don't know. What if it does win, Rodrigo? How would you feel about that? I think it would be uh, similar to when. Um, oh my god! I always forget the name of this movie. The 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 janitor from Quincy, uh, Manchester <laughs> by the Sea. Manchester like I, by the Sea. Infamously, uh, there was a year where I think uh, your brother and yourself were quite uh, ecstatic about um, about Casey Affleck's Casey. win, right? And then I think similarly, like the, a couple years later, we were very, very happy when Parasite won. I don't know that I can describe in two words because literally, like awards mean nothing to me. Um, I don't think that they are as relevant as we because again, it's like how do you say that one movie is the best? Like, what does that sure. mean? Right. Yeah. But at the same time, like it is. Like Michelle Yeoh for a long time has been kind of like a peripheral uh, player, I think. And in this role, she was able to showcase everything that she is capable of doing. Stephanie Sue similarly, like was given an opportunity to show something that often Asian people don't get the chance to show off like. You know what I mean? It's like, I think I look at Meryl Streep and I'm like, how many other actors could do what she does if they right. were given the chance? And so just in that sense, I would love to see them recognized. I would love to see them like I would love to see that boldness of the of the Daniels be rewarded. Right. Like because I don't care about awards, but the industry cares about awards. And so, yeah, like I don't think I could put it into words uh, how I would feel. I would feel like incredibly emotionally overwhelmed as if it, like it was something that I created would have won. That's the vibe. Listen, buddy, that's the kind of boldness I like. No, no. OK, anyway. Um, uh, oh, that's a callback to my earlier it's comment. A callback. Yeah, I, I just wanted to I think um, with the way the awards season is shaping up, uh, I, I did this prediction. I think it's going to be Banshees over Fablemans. I think director is going to go to Spielberg. Um, I think it's going to be a feral win. I, I hope it's Frazier. Uh, buddy, I think it's going to be Blanchette, right? I, that, that hurts, but I don't think it's unlikely. But I do think that um, I feel less confident about uh, Tar, like Blanchett. Secu- like, I... I think before I felt like it was 100%. Like, first I felt it was 100% Yo's because I was like, who else is going to pull out this performance? Damn. And then the Blanchett uh, tsunami of praise came, <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck, she's not winning it at all. Yeah. And now I'm kind of a little bit more 50 50. I was like, I could see it happening still. I do think that Blanchett is probably still the favorite. But even with like Fableman's stock going down, I think mm-hmm. Banshee is like likely to take that top spot. But I do think it's also opened the door now for everything everywhere all at once to potentially come in and be like a moonlight or a parasite kind of thing. Sure. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Jordan, have you seen Banshees or um, Tar? Jordan, do you know um, what's yeah, happening? Damn. <laughs> yeah. Moving pictures, moving pictures, right? No, um, I did see Tar. Oh. I like Tar a lot. Um, I thought I'd talk about this in the last episode. Yeah, Tar was great. I think we had talked about it okay, before yeah, you that had I was seen just it. I just said it. that I'm a big mm. fan of uh, of uh, um, women abusing children. <laughs> is how I felt. I really like Tar. I glad I saw it in the theater, um, and it was. I having seen both everything everywhere. Like, they're both very good movies. They're both different. I'd say the performance at the heart of Tar is, and that's only because it's the whole movie is more to center around versus. Everything Everywhere is yeah. a movie centered around ideas and Michelle Yeoh is good in it, but 
See, but the thing, again, it comes back to like my argument that we only ever recognize emotional work as acting work. Like Michelle Yeoh does martial arts in that movie. I feel like that should put her a league above. Yeah, that is, okay, that's a fair point. And we do, we do think of acting as like, yeah, but what was their face? Like, how good were they at like minute face, like twitches at a extreme close up? Um, and even then, Michelle Yeoh had a lot of close ups with a lot of face twitching going on in everything everywhere. So I don't know. They're just very different performances. One is going for something heightened and emotional and one is going for something. I guess that kind of describes both of them. But like, you know, what I mean, they're very different movies. My gut says that the Academy, yeah. knowing just who makes up the Academy, would be much more likely to safely bet on something like Tar because it's closer to what they've been voting for for the past 60, 70 years. Yeah, correct. I do think, again, the, 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 I would give Blanchett better odds, but it's like it does feel less secure than when her movie had just come out and everyone like, oh, yeah, this is it. This is what's winning. Um, the one category that I have no idea what to expect is Best Supporting Actress. Mm-hmm. I mean, people were saying, oh, yeah, Women Talking is going to get a ton of nominations. Um, they were shut out. A Critics' Choice, I don't think any of them got in there. I think Golden Globes, no one got in there. I think Women Talking, I don't know if they're promoting it as much, but a lot of people early in the race were talking about, you know, Buckley and Foy um, being the double nom, but nowhere. Angela Bassett's getting in there. I haven't seen Black Panther, so I can't say. But my brother and I know yourself also said that um, uh, she's great in the film. Um, But I I, I don't know. If Michelle Williams was marketed as the supporting actress she it's done that's locked white michelle williams or black michelle williams oh no white michelle williams heath ledger michelle williams okay fableman's michelle williams do you know who black michelle williams is uh destiny's child player or just destiny's Uh, child destiny's child right that's what i said yeah beyonce oh and um michelle what's the other one and kelly Rowland. Kelly Rowland. She was in Halloween or Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah, she dropped uh, a faggot in that movie, which is uh, I oh, like to <laughs> remind the audience. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Anyways. That is my that is my cue for um, the awards talk. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe you'll hear from me again when the Oscars come up. So one last question for you. What about uh, original screenplay and adapted screenplay? What are you or- feeling? Original? Banshees, I hope. Adapted, Top Gun Maverick. Watch what is this. it adapted from? It because it's a sequel. Oh, those count sequel, immediately yes. as. That's 100%. wild. Yeah, that would be think- wild if Top Gun Maverick <laughs> wins. Imagine wins. Um, screenplay. I mean, I have not seen it, but I will just like absolutely pretty tight lose my screenplay, mind. But I don't. I, uh, I don't know not the the category it's gonna win everything like i could see it yeah All like, tech. i guess there's still no his oscar for stunts cinematography there, but no but i mean tom cruise should win every year <laughs> well <laughs> every year well again well. again i feel like tom cruise is hampered by this perception where the only acting counts is whatever is like vocally happening right or eye twitching like journal was saying because i do think like the fact that this man fucks fucking jumps out of a plane like, how does that not ever get rewarded, right? Like, that's right? absolutely insane. Like, Anthony 100%. Hopkins can can chew up a scene, but it's like he's not jumping out of a fucking plane. So I think, like, maybe there should be, like, some weight given to that. 
Um, uh, oh my God, I just lost my thought. 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 Mm. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm looking at the nominees list right now. And uh, best. Oh, best um, uh, uh, RRR, the Indian film. Right. Uh, that was famously not submitted by India to go into international feature. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's getting, since it's not applicable for Best International, I think they might push it for Best Picture. I think it's going to get in. Um, and yeah. ha- have you seen it, Rod? Rod, you watch it? Yeah. All, th- all three hours? Yes. I mean, three Did hours you? no longer feels impressive at this point. Damn. Did you enjoy I, it? Yeah. I mean, mm. <laughs> I did. I did enjoy it, but caveat: I was also stoned out of my mind when I saw it, and I think that's what I was enjoying. Not necessarily like I feel like if I was so stone cold sober, it would have been a little too weird for me. But because I was high, I was like, yes, more of yeah. this. Do we hit? Yeah, I, I think. No, I Sorry, was going to change ahead, topics. Jordan. I'm scrolling through the list of Golden Globe, but then I was going to ask about go, drama go, go. series. Did we have any TV opinions um, that we cared about? What are the what nominees? Best drama series was Better Call Saul, which will probably win. The Crown, uh, House of the Dragon, mm. Ozark, and Severance. Uh, I know Severance got a lot of talk. Yeah, I think Better Call Saul. It's Better Call I Saul. Think, yeah. I think it's Better Call Saul. House yeah, of the Dragon sure. has. Although Severance, I think, could be the sleeper choice there. That I do think that it was critically it was, but enough. I mean, again, people... it's just the way people vote and think, right? Severance is going to have more seasons, so it'll have more options. Yeah, but the Golden Globes are kind of wacky. So it's like I could yeah, they're, see their chaos. Yeah, absolute chaos. But, I mean, I, I do think that that uh, Better Call Saul is a likely winner there, but it could be Severance. Um, Patty Constantine, Con- Con- not nominated. Not Surprising. nominated. That is kind of wild. Hey, sorry, my TV's on. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live, and it just says Brendan Fraser is mm. going to be there tonight. So shout out to Brendan Fraser. Cannot you dating our episode with, with the commercial that's on your TV. Thank you for that urgent update, Rob. Sorry, 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 sorry. Okay, and then okay, okay. Uh, for What's best next? limited series, I feel like it's going to be The White Lotus. No question. Maybe. There's hype. There's a Pam lot of and Tommy, the other options. The Dropo, uh, Dahmer, uh, Blackbird. It is White Lotus. What's oh, that other Blackbird? one? Sorry, Black White? Blackbird. It's uh, Taron no. Edgerton for Apple. Yeah, I think it's yeah. going to be White Lotus. It's going to be 100%. It's I mean, can fun. I just say it's that like the latest season of right. White Lotus that just finished was if I had to like rank, yeah, if Top I had to rank cake. like my favorite things of the year, it's up there. It's like, yeah, For sure. it's super fun. It's super fun and always feels super unsatisfying, which I think may be the point, but I'm always like, what is this show? Like, I enjoy it. And at the same time, it's like this right? show has like no central thesis, no thoughts, well, just vibes like that is. I feel like Portia's character, like the way that she dresses, that is the show. <laughs> it is like white I'd and a, mess. a li- I mean, that is the vibe. Only so far in that, like I was watching um, Mike, Mike White, is that his name, the creator? He was saying about how mm-hmm. the first season, <laughs> the first <laughs> season was all about um, money and like, you know, the haves and the haves nods. And what did it say about well, money? Well, I mean, it, it talked about the the friend who was there with the rich family and how she was like, um, I mean, I'd have to like really think through about what it said. I mean, largely it was just like playing in yeah. the theme, right? So playing in the theme of money, what it does to people, what it means to people. And then the second season um, ended up being about sex and again, what it does to relationships. Mm-hmm. And then I think mm-hmm. the third one, he had talked about it being, yeah, like Eastern religion, mysticism and death and, and death. stuff like that, which I don't know. That's neat. I thought he was going to say like, yeah, I Asia. thought he was going to say like, oh, it'll be about power. So it'll be about like political 
power or things like that, but mysticism sounds interesting. I just feel like it keeps on getting praised as like this uh, insightful satire of things. And it's like, I don't know that it's satirizing anything. It's just showing it. Like, I don't think it has any additional opinions on these things, at least from my perspective. Damn, drag him. I, I just think also, especially like Mike White, he, like I think in after the first season, he talks about his trip to Hawaii in the same way that it's like what he's showing. Right. So it's just mm-hmm. like. I think he is these people. So it's hard to satirize something from the inside. I think you need an outside perspective to be like, this is like what people think or see. And so that's like my main issue. with. I mean, I still enjoy it. I watch it every Sunday this week, but I just feel like it's short of meaningful. Hey, The Last of Us is coming up next month. So here we go. After the first video game series to win a golden globe and maybe it has maybe something it says but yeah man i mean i mean yeah, every video game property is trash so it could damn. be the first one to break the mold fingers crossed i'm hoping for it Raph, one last thing on the on the oscar race i just want to let you know that adapted screenplay uh what position would you say that top gun maverick is Can in terms of the, odds the noms top of your head i mean i can't see it no, just only like in the top ten odds on favorite. Like, where do you think Top Gun is right now? I think it's pretty high, man. It is six ahead of <laughs> it. Are Women Talking, which is number one odds on favorite. Number two is Glass Onion. Number three oh, is Carrie wait, Mulligan's oh, She yeah. Said. Uh, number four is The Whale. Uh, number mm. five is Living, and then number six is Top Gun Maverick. Nah, Top Gun should. I think Top Gun is better than The Whale and Living. Um, that is absolutely fucking wild. Continuing. Best original <laughs> screenplay. What do you think the top movies are? It's, I will it's, say in the top it's 10. Banshees and Dan, Dan um, sorry, Everything Everywhere All at Once for sure. Yeah, so right now, number one is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Number, number two, one. yeah. Okay. Number two is The Banshees. Number three okay. is Spielberg's The Fablemans. Number four right. is Cape Blanchett's Star. Number five is Triangle of Sadness, followed yes. by Damien Chazelle's. Babylon, Babylon, then Paul Mescal's vehicle After Sun, then our sexy little uh, cop movie, favorite movie of this year, Decision to Leave, then mm. The Menu, and then number 10 is Nope. All great movies. I would say Those go are, watch. Oh, that, that's great. Yeah. Great yeah. list. I mean, I haven't seen Babylon, so I won't speak to it. And I'm also a bit of a Damien Chazelle hater. So, yo, that's wild. Um, I think uh, definitely that race, though, is just between Daniels and Martin McDonough, without mm-hmm. a doubt. Right. Yeah. So Spielberg um, is not really a chance here for a screenplay. You're thinking? No, I don't know. It's hard gonna, to count him out. No. Uh, d- you watched Fablemans, right? I did not. Mm. So watch the movie. <laughs> you know where? Look, Top Gun Maverick is number two though for cinematography. Uh, what's number one? The Fablemans. What? Uh, I think Avatar is actually going to get on the list. Avatar's number three in the odds. Uh, is Banshees I on that list too, giving for sure. it to I scrolled past it already. They had some great moments, but I mean, Top Gun Maverick, buddy. That one doesn't even feel like jet. something that you like pause to think about. It's kind of like cinematography. Spielberg was like, just check the box. I mean, given that, that he had the actors it's, it's like it, actually clean. running the cameras on their own inside the jets, like mm-hmm. who really mm-hmm. deserves that? That's wild. That statue is it the cinematographer or is it the jet? Or the actor inside the jet? <laughs> yeah, the the lighting too. No, because you know, for cinematography, it's also so you're the saying focus the sky, lighting, the right? sun, and the so sky should light. be the the yeah. winners of 
<laughs> okay, listen, there are lights inside yeah, no, the jet, maybe. Sure. I don't know. I'm not a gaffer. But but anyway, um, I think Top Gun. Maybe, look, what if Top Gun is, yo, where's Top Gun in my top 10 this year? Damn. Is it top five? Let's see. Let's wow. See. Absolutely wild. Um, I will say, though, I think it's been a very good year for movies. I think we are yeah, often pretty year, sour sure. on, like, the state of film, but it's like, there's a lot of good movies out there. It has been a particularly good year. Also, it is wild that best film editing, number one, odds on favor right now. Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, for sure. Buddy, there are some sequences that you're like, wow, how'd they do that? More impressive than the editing and everything everywhere (laughs) all at once. There is no fucking way. Buddy. Um, I I just rewatched everything everywhere all at once. Editing is impressive. It's actually one of the best parts of the movie. Um, it's super imaginative. Uh, also, costume design, production design. Mm-hmm. But without a doubt, Top Gun Maverick. Come on, man. Wow. You, you got to feel the need for speed. <laughs> <laughs> this is oh why I hate God. the movie, because of oh that line. Oh, my God. I mean, I hate the other movie, not even that movie. I haven't seen either of them, to be yeah, quite this honest. This is big, like, the, what the movie means to you and your, what you think it's going to be. For the record, I still gave the original Top Gun a higher score than the new one. Um, and I like the new one. But. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> never mind. It's fine. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, why don't we tell the audience our big surprise for this? Uh, sure. Uh, is the it time? surprise the is time to reveal. that we are. Um, uh too much of a burden and although although Damn. our listeners will be able to find us in other places we are not going to be a pod family anymore so we are getting a pod divorce That's yeah and um that doesn't mean that we're not still pod Amicable. friends and that we don't pod love each other but it just means that we're not going to be able to um be in their ears on in the same way that maybe we have been as consistently um, yeah. And I think to be honest, to be, uh, it, it's a product of good news. Like I would say that on my end, layered butter has kind of grown a lot more than it did when we yeah. started this podcast. You know, Jordan recently got a new job, new position, and it's taking a, a lot of time out of him. Like Raf has family life and, uh, you know, million jobs. Like he, at any given time, <laughs> you do not know where he is yes, working. Yes. Yes. So it's, it's a lot and it's coming from a good place, but it's like hosting and doing a podcast also takes a lot of energy. And so at least for now, we're hitting the pause button. And, uh, you know, we like Jordan said, you will hear us whenever there's something to be said. But on a continuous basis, I think like we can't really keep this up without uh, burning out in a major way. Benefactor wants to step forward and make a like huge donation that would allow us to quit our day jobs and do this full time. I mean, if you're that benefactor and you're listening, like we are all ears and our our wallets are open for you. Um, and I think like, you know, mm-hmm. we just said, we're going to still want to get together and talk every once in a while. This episode is proof alone that the Oscars talk will probably have to happen. Um, at the very least to contain the excitement yeah. of some of our, the guests that would want to <laughs> yeah. be on and, and share their excitement for that. Even if I mm-hmm. don't, I, I think, I think, uh, our listener friends, wherever you may be, whether you're, uh, in Japan or the States or Germany who knows? Anyway, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, we'll be around. Maybe not as as weekly as you may find us, but 
Yeah. Don't um, don't unsubscribe my, from my the podcast. Podros. That's an important thing. Let it fall to Podros. the bottom of your list of yes. subscribe. I've got some podcasts that I've stay subscribed to. They might come back. It's might it's been years for some of them, and I don't. I just stay subscribed because you know what's the harm. So keep a, the notification on. Keep and it subscribed, and maybe we'll pop back into your life. I, I, I want to do a shout out to Brendan <laughs> Frazier for getting us. <laughs> when we first started this podcast, I, I tried to bring him in here at least one time in an episode, and I started dropping off that. But um, shout out to all our guests that have um, uh, helped us and be a part of our journeys and meeting new people, you know, watch new things. This sounds so depressing, but you know what? It's fine. <laughs> I so have nothing else to say. Why don't we end this with um, Raph, Jordan, why don't you go to your letterbox? <clears throat> Uh, filter your films by five stars. Okay. And let's take a minute to leave our viewers with a couple recommendations from our favorite films that they can just keep with them when they are like missing our opinions. And they're like, I would love to watch a movie that Rodrigo loves. I, I can, I can start while you guys start opening and filtering that down. Um, I think if I had to recommend maybe uh, three movies, Oh, that's wild. You know what? I was going to recommend three movies. <laughs> And no, I think because that's a little obvious. Like, so I'm going to recommend a little bit something more obscure. But I was going to recommend three movies, and I just realized that they are all in Spanish. So Good. I don't know. I don't know what that says about me. Maybe what? I only like movies in Spanish. But nah. the three that I will recommend for you: um, number one, check out uh, Pedro Almodovar's Bad Education, starring Gael Garcia Bernal. I think it is a, a beautiful movie about queerness, and it has like these sinister under, undertones that are like very noiry. Um, I think. Few people can do it like Almodovar, so definitely check it out. The second one I was going to recommend is Pan's Labyrinth. If you have not seen this one yet, you must have been sleeping under a rock or something. Yikes. But it is, I think, Guillermo del Toro's best movie. It is one of the best movies ever. It is like the only movie that I own on Criterion Collection. Wow. And the last one that I'm going to recommend is El Secreto de Sus Ojos, de sus ojos, de sus ojos uh, The Secret in Their Eyes, a 2009 movie. Uh, directed by Juan Jose Campanella. It is incredible. It is just like, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but you should check it out, especially if you're a big fan of kind of like mysteries and dramas and so on. Like it, it, it is, you know, that stadium scene alone, oof, worth the price of admission. Wow. Jordy, you want me to go uh, or I'm you want to go? I'm taking a look at my list. I just want to make sure I talk about stuff that I haven't talked about in the past here. Um... Uh, you can keep studying. Raph, why don't you go while Jordan? Oh! How, how many do you want me to talk about? Maybe like three. three. Yeah. Okay. There must three, three, three picks from your your five star rated movies. Five star rated movies. Damn, I have some really good four and a half. Um, if they're really good, uh, then why are they not five? Tell us Damn. what's your favorite four and a half you're staring at right now. <laughs> Drag me. Um, what's it called? Uh, 2015's film. Jeremy Saulnier's Green Room. This is a fun, fun film. Super fast, super quick horror thriller uh, with the late, great Anton Yelkin um, and Emigan Poots. Um, this movie was fantastic. I can rewatch this movie over and over again. Um, uh, what else is on my list? Son of Saul won Best a Foreign Film in 2015, 2016 by Lazo Nemes. Um, this entire film, it tracks the main character literally from behind. There are no cuts. There are, well, there are cuts, but there are no um, uh, shots from a different angle. It's literally following this guy um, as he goes through 
the horrors of Auschwitz. Um, and why don't I do something different? How about this? My favorite animated film I've ever watched. It's um, uh, Your Name, a Japanese film by Makoto Shinkai um, that has an amazing soundtrack about star-crossed lovers. So those are my three. Uh, Green Room, Your Name, and holy shit, Son of Saul. Son of Saul. Okay, well, there you go. I've got my list. Um, I'm going to start things off with a documentary. Oh. Uh, I think I have two documentaries on my list, actually. First documentary yes. is Apollo 11. Um, this came out when, a few years ago, 2019 maybe. Looking at the page, my computer. 2019, Apollo 11. This is basically a documentary that was just all about the Apollo 11, first mission to the moon, the first manned mission to the moon. And I think the big thing about this one is that they had gotten a huge amount of archival 70 millimeter footage. Um, I saw this in theaters. It was incredible. The like, anytime you have like old footage from the seventies, that looks amazing and crisp and the people watching experience of this, like the way it's paced, the way it goes through the entire mission from beginning to end. And it's very riveting. Um, there's so much behind the scenes stuff. Like if anything, seeing it from the perspective of the people of the day in that event in 19, 19- Right. Um, incredible stuff. Sixty nine. Yep. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, keep going. Keep going. Second one uh, is also <laughs> a documentary. Um, Minding the Gap. Uh, was that also? That was 2018. Skateboarding uh, movie. Yeah. Skateboarding. So this was a. Um, yeah. Has this director done anything since this? Because I know it was like his first big movie and it's very I personal to him. It's basically the director. Um, it was. Oscar yeah. Nam. He was a. It's basically following him and his two close friends. They're all skateboarders. Uh, they grow up skateboarding together. Um, it, it sort of starts as like, it's really about their three lives together as people, um, how they've changed as people, how, as they get older, some of them start to go through some very dark things and it really, uh, so it's, it doesn't shy away from like showing this person's friends in like a very dark light. Um, but I think you still, not that like it makes them it shows them for who they are as like very complete full people and they're real people. And this is like, you know, actually what's happened with them. Um, and I just found it like very moving, very touching and some really cool skateboarding stuff in there. And like what skateboarding means to these people and what they like, what, what they use it for. Um, Jordan, high schooler, Jordan, teenager, he Jordan, was, was he a skateboarder? He, uh, I think like, I, I almost imagine I like the idea of skateboarding, but I just never stood on a board long enough to not like immediately have it flip out from under me. Uh, I, were either of you <laughs> skateboarders? Sorry for laughing. <laughs> I attempted to, but no, I, never, I was never. No. In fact, like my brother had like the cool kind of at the time, like because now there's like an even narrower version, but he had at the time like what the cool one was. And I had like the very Toys R Us humongous kids uh, skateboarding. And I was like, mine looks so much less cool than my brother. <laughs> yeah, I could see skateboarding being something fun to pick up. But this, this movie was great. I'd like to revisit it. Last one I'll talk about. Classic. I had to pick a classic. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Spielberg's out. He's, hey. you know, he's making new movies. But if it's been a while since you've watched this or if you've never watched this and you're a listener, like, go back and check it out. It's weird. 1977. Um, same year that Star Wars came out. It's not a Star Wars. It's not an E.T. It's 
it's an adult mm. movie that's not like overly adult. Um, some really, really interesting scenes that'll stick with you, some visual elements, some song, um, or like the way sound is used in this movie is very cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just probably one of my favorite Spielbergs. What do you guys think of Close Encounters? <laughs> favorite Spielbergs. Spielberg one, Spielberg two. No, I, I um uh the music, man. And uh, there's some very iconic shots in that film that have stuck with me um growing up when he's looking through the the doorway. Like that's I mean, come on, right? Richard Dreyfus. Um yep. Richard Dreyfus, right? That's Dreyfus, it. Dreyfus. The, uh, yeah. Dreyfus, Dreyfus, Dreyfus. I mean, would it be an episode of Laird Butter if he did not put your name? <laughs> I hate you so much. The, I hate those you. Those are my three. But anyway. I think we, we covered quite an interesting so range of I, films there. Yeah. Yeah, and so at the very least, if we leave you with nothing else, we'll leave you with nine or so good films to, to check out. And yeah, you know, and you know what? Like I said, this it's just a pause. Like, it doesn't mean that we are disappearing. We will... He's always be around paper enough. And in some ways, so, like the local, the recent you know. news of chat GPT, I don't know if you guys have played around with that. It's amazing, kind of terrifying. I feel like we're pretty close to AI taking over all of our jobs, right? And it's either going to end the world or it's going to free yeah. us from our capitalist chains. Um, it's giving yeah. Westworld. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe we'll be back sometime soon in our new communist utopia um, post-scarcity world. ChatGPT and Fusion was announced like within two weeks of each other. So, uh, yeah, who knows? Who I uh, 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 I can't follow up with that. I was just gonna. It's fine. It's okay. Anyway, you can find me, Rafael Cordero, on my Twitter that I'm attempting to use. J. Raphael Cordero. You can find me also on Letterboxd, uh, same, J. Raphael, and on Instagram, J. Raphael Cordero. Let's be friends. Let's talk with my pod bros, right? I love to hear it. Right. right. Yeah. You can, sure. uh, <laughs> you can find me on Letterboxd at J. Sloggett. That's J. S. L. O. G. G. E. D. T. You can also add me on like Instagram, although I'm not going to accept it if, like, unless you look cool. If you're cool, I'll probably accept it and follow you back. But if you just don't hear from me, it's because I don't think you're cool. Um, you can add me on LinkedIn if you want to. If you want to network, yeah, look me up on LinkedIn. You, you, wow! I feel like I'm just dropping all the socials now. <laughs> um, I recently signed up for uh, what's that one? People were going to jump from it from Twitter. No, I Mastodon. tried Mastodon. I couldn't figure it out. Hive, yeah, I have Hive a Hive account. I think go go find me on Hive. Oh, Hive. Um, you know, again, I'm in Guelph. Find me in Guelph. Come up to me on the street and say I listen to you all the time. I'll sign something that you're holding if you want. That's me. <laughs> Even if you don't want. Come on. <laughs> Rodrigo, where can people find you? Rod. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at rcockting. I am rcockting basically everywhere. Any type of social media account that you uh, enjoy, I am there with my same old handle. So you can um, you can you can follow me there. But more importantly, uh, you can support uh, the company that... You know, a group of us started during the pandemic. Uh, you can find us on at Layered Butter on Instagram, at Layered underscore Butter on Twitter, and um, at LayeredButter.com for all your Layered Butter needs. Additionally, I don't think I mentioned this off the top of the show, but if you go to Patreon.com slash Layered Butter, 
you can become uh, uh, an ongoing supporter of this passion project. Um, you know, we all a started, bro. Yeah, we all st- started this because we worked in the movies and yeah. Sorry, not me getting choked up. No, not really. Literally choking, not actually choked up. <laughs> water, water. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we started this because we, we loved movies and that's still true. And so at the end of the day, that's kind of like what I take from from this experience, even doing the podcast, just that it's so fun to love movies. And so, you know, don't be cynical. Go out there, watch some movies, have some fun. I love it. I love it. And you know what else I love? You guys. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> that'll be it for now. Um, I think we will definitely have at least an Oscar episode, if not even more things to put out there. So stay tuned. Stay keep an eye out for that. But at least on an ongoing basis, uh, that's going to be it. So take care. Uh, go watch Bye. the movies. Bye. Bye. Bye.